Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Pastor Ron Crawford coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And it's a great privilege to be able to reach out to my congregation on this beautiful Wednesday, as well as to our extended family within the Saints Network. We have just been blessed to conclude a marvelous seminar that was virtual. And um, that means that even though we and the Father's Church here had a smattering of our people in attendance at each session and a lot of a lot of folks working behind the scenes to to uh, keep things rolling and uh, all the connections on live stream, all of the uh, um, the connections for Zoom prophetic presbytery and Zoom connect with various outposts of our network in in this nation, but also in the nations of the world. That. That was an ambitious plan that God gave us, and I am so grateful for those folks who stood in the gap and were willing to be creative and to step out of their comfort zone and allow God to do a new work. You know, this is, this is an extraordinary thing. Grace always requires us to reach beyond our perceived limitations and to do so in faith. You know, sometimes we forget the passages in Scripture that are everywhere where folks are told to do something new and they've got to step out. It's out of their comfort zone. Peter stepping out of the boat. Joshua stepping into the Jordan. Moses extending his rod in his hands and uh, stepping out into the Red Sea that had opened. Um, the the servants who went and filled the uh, the vessels at the wedding in Cana with water. Um, and on and on and on it goes. God always wants us to hear from him in order to partner with a miraculous step of grace. And it's usually going to be in something new. And you're not going to have time to practice it 50 times to where... You've got it all right, and everything just set, and you're just comfortable, and you've even practiced it in the mirror four or five times. That's great. If that's the way you operate most of the time, tremendous. But when it comes to a step of faith, a step of obedience, God doesn't give... How many times did Moses practice raising his, his, the rod for the Red Sea to part? How many times did that woman with the, the handful of meal practice making that cake and seeing uh, the unfailing supply of the Lord for the prof, from, from the prophet's word? You just don't get that latitude. In fact, everything that we have had to do as a saint's network, when we took those first steps in the natural, it was tenuous. In the natural, we were relying upon the Lord who said, open your mouth and I'll fill it. And if we ever lose that vitality, we might, we might as well say goodbye to grace. Yeah, we can abide in grace and we can thank God for the treasures and the overcoming crowns that we've known. But if we ever get to the point where we say, God, you're telling me to do this, but I've not practiced, I don't know, then we're, we might as well just give up. God always wants us to trust him. And um, a lot of times you're like that workman who studies to show yourself approved, uh, rightly dividing the word of truth, and you are not ashamed when you come into a project that you've not prepared for because you have prepared for it. You just need to trust that God is with you there and that when you step out, the water's either going to part or it's going to hold you up. <laughs> That's what God does. And this past seminar was filled with new steps of faith, not only for us here at the Father's Church, which was the base of this network gathering, but for every one of you who had to do things differently. 
you know, this was a departure from what we've done over the past 20 plus years, a very big departure. Uh, the, the patterns we've laid down to attend seminars, those are not abandoned. I'm sure we will use them again. But this one, we had to do different things. And God loves that. Now, honestly, if you know me at all, I'm a person that likes to have everything lined out. I, wanna, I don't like surprises. I don't like those things that come that try to throw a wrench in the plan because I feel like I have a responsibility for people. And when I say, you know, the Bible says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. When I say this is what we're going to do, now, I'm not going to take you by the hand and walk you every minuscule inch of the thing, but we're going to honor what we say. So if something rises like happened in the middle of the ministry this past Saturday when we had just been privileged to minister to saints throughout Western Europe, and then all of a sudden the main TriCaster just basically went kaputa, and this was in between the gathering for Europe and the, the, the gathering for Brazil. I don't, I don't like that. It's, it's irritating to me because you're scrambling. But we thank God that our, our devoted tech folks were able to reposition us into uh, our, our network room where we, uh, we have another TriCaster and we set up there and we were able to carry on as if nothing had, had happened in the negative. And um, then we were planning to, to have that same set up for Sunday morning when we connected with uh, Southern California. But the guys were able to figure out how to manage the, uh, the corrections needed in the and the 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 primary tricaster and we were we had to readjust again listen those kinds of things i i don't like them i i don't but they happen and you don't have the latitude to say oh well you know we didn't see this happening so we're just going to default here we're we're just that's not a good we're going to we're we're going to um just say we're not going to do it. No, the show goes on. The ministry goes on. I shouldn't use that word. See, he's saying it's a show. No, I'm not. It's That's just a phrase. Everybody's heard it. The ministry goes on, and you step up to the plate. I remember a number of times being overseas where at the very last second, changes in, in our itinerary or changes in our ministerial requirements would happen, I remember one time sitting in a place in Paris and out of the blue, the host announces we're going to do something that we didn't even know we were doing. This happened a number of times. And in, in a minute's time, I was called to the platform to speak. And, you know, we had an agenda for the rest of the ministry times. He was basically abandoning what we had planned for that session. And so I couldn't reach forward and borrow from the next uh, session because at some point you got to stop that downhill spiral. So you keep that intact and you get up there and you know that God's going to provide. That's, that's God. And so God pressed us into this, uh, this last gathering and the things that we did that were virtually new. And um, it was not an alternative due to COVID. It was, we were fully ready to welcome the network to come here. And as I prayed about it, God just said, I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, which basically meant we were going to do a virtual gathering and he just quickly laid out the things he wanted. And then there was the scramble to start preparing for that within just a matter of weeks. That's God. 
And we better get ready for that. Um, if we're not careful, we can lapse into the old-timey general church. Well, we've never done it that way before, or I'm not comfortable with that, or I have a check in my spirit, or all that baloney. Sometimes, sometimes our fears and our traditional predilections and our, our uh, concerns for what we might look like if we've not fully prepared, Sometimes those expressions can sound a whole lot like the voice of God. Well, God told me. Well, wait a second. God just said to the leader that we are taking this course of action. And you mean to say that same God is telling you not to do it? Something's not right there. Something, something is not right there. So thanks be to God, all of our folks bucked it up and did what they were supposed to do and all of the network folks um, joined in, in harmony and did what they were supposed to do and even though I wish some things could have been different which I always review not from a critical standpoint but from, but from an evaluatory standpoint and you know what we you all do this in life well I think most of you do if you have any common sense you know, you think, okay, that was good, but I really wish I could would have done this instead. Is that being critical? No, it's not. It's learning and getting ready to move forward the next time in a better way. Now, I don't know what God is going to require of us next. I've sincerely been asking him for that. I do believe that this platform of, of ministry that we, we enjoyed over the past week um, is something that we're going to build upon. I, I know that it's stirred measures of excitement and measures of fidelity throughout the world. There were people that we were able to see and bring into points of contact and even extend to them for points of prophetic ministry that they both received and gave. I think that that and the encouragement for the outposts of the saints, the encouragement for the nations, that was a gift from God. And it is incredible to see the impact that that has already had on these places thousands of miles away where we are one with those folks in spirit. So I don't I don't know what we're going to be doing, you know, before before the seminar we were blessed to have several Zoom outreaches with leaders in for, in other countries. Uh, we had uh, a Zoom outreach with our network pastors. Um Yowali Garcia and I we we were blessed to present a, a, um, a bi-weekly seminar of sorts for the Brazilian pastors and their leaders that went on over the scope of a couple of months. All of those things were leading up to the seminar, and I, I didn't realize that, that they were going to be a precursor to what our seminar would actually be. And we're hoping, believing, that by March... We're somewhat back to whatever normal is in our travel in our country. And uh, we're looking, I'm already making, uh, having discussions with our leaders in, in other parts of the world in setting up gatherings. Why? Because I don't want to go ahead of God, but I know that this is what God wants. And so... Um, I don't know what's coming next, but I do believe we can build upon those steps of grace that are um, that that we've just that we've just mobilized and uh, innovatively created uh, at the behest of directive of God. So I'm very thankful, and I want to say to my congregation here and to Annette who came to help us. Thank you for all the work you did. And I am not going to go down the line talking about each one of you. Normally, we would have a, a gathering here at the church where 
our folks would, would speak what blessed them about the seminar and give thanks to the Lord. But from the technical folks to those who were in points of supervision to um, those who were in, in speaking or a prophetic ministry or uh, cleaning or whatever, whatever it is that you've done, uh, thank you. I, I ask God will bless you. And I know that um, he loves you. And his spirit is pleased and blessed by what it is that you've offered to him in obedience. So, we... Uh, we looked at a number of things regarding prayer last week because it was an If My People seminar. We're forging ahead with the, um, the further development of our fivefold prayer uh, ministries. Some, some of you who are listening to us, you don't know what I'm talking about. The only thing you've heard about with fivefold is the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist, and what kind of gift you may have. Maybe you've emerged from the dark shadows of denominationalism that up to this point denied the role of an apostle, saying that it's just a missionary in these days, not to demean missionaries. But the apostle is, is the apex of, of following God in a new terrain, not just into new areas, but hearing from the Spirit, and bringing about new works based upon the Scripture, built upon the foundations of, of what God has already built. But, but that's an apostolic work. It's not just that you have a, a strong anointing and you can draw a crowd. That's something else entirely. That's probably either human gifting or an evangelistic gifting. Both of those are great. But those do not equate what an apostle is. But the fivefold throughout Scripture is basically how God expresses his mind, how God enters into covenant with people. And so you see God expressing things in five points from Genesis all the way through the Bible. And they align with what the true fivefold office giftings um, should manifest. And we discovered this by the directive of the Lord a long time ago. And so when, when we have a, a gathering of prayer, not all gatherings, but we have specific gatherings of prayer, we'll ask people to submit or to express what it is from that gathering. Not from a dream you had two weeks ago, not from a sermon you heard yesterday, not from some other teaching that is burning in your heart, not from some um, pent-up preaching gift you think you have that you've been thwarted from sharing, but from what God illuminated during that prayer time. We have a hard time getting that through to people. Sometimes we say we're going to have a fivefold, and as soon as they know, they start putting their three-point sermon together. That is not what a fivefold is. That's something else entirely. I'm not diminishing it. But we want to hear what God is saying during that prayer time. And it's amazing how you can align those things, those insights, into a perfect fivefold uh, depiction. And then you really recognize that this is God's mind is speaking, how he's thinking about this thing. And it is really a, a powerful thing. We've, we've been privileged to do this all over the world. And at some places when... We've done it. The people have just been astounded that a prayer time could generate them to gain a measure of interpretation immediately. And when it is brought all together, there is a dynamic fivefold expression from the Spirit. So we have we've followed that. We've patterned that over the years. But now God is saying that we are we are to, to take further steps of obedience. And I believe that to mean that he's wanting us to begin to develop 
his his voice through us into governmental scenarios into prophetic counsel from the mind of God based upon prayer and several other things that are promotions in a way greater divestings of authority from the throne and yes we need to continue with the general uh, exploratory fivefolds those things are, are wondrous but God is taking us to a new level of service to him and he wants to share his mind in a deeper way and so we've got to be ready to having been faithful in the small things enter into measures of of enhanced rulership by the directive of God so that is happening it's going to be happening more and we are we're going to be doing a lot of those things here we will undoubtedly begin to extend them to the network but um, the point is is that you've you've got to remain in prayer this is not just dabbling in spiritual things it's it's partnership with God and it's it's the work of the ministry it is you say well how do you explain the yoke is easy, the burden is light. Well, look at what yoke and, and light means. Uh, both of those indicate that you adapt to what God wants and you move in the anointing of sonship. That's just loosely an interpretation of those, and I believe that it it's accurate with Scripture. Um, and so when God asks you to do something, and you're yoked with him, you've got to adjust. And you've got to recognize that you're moving in sonship and you're going to have to rely on the anointing to accomplish that task. You think about that. What, what in the scripture did the anointing do? It prepared you for work. It, you know, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. And then all these work things that that are obedience to to God it's it's when the anointing comes it's just not like getting on a a plume ride at a water park where you just and down you go through the water of the spirit when the anointing is on you you're, you're asked to do a task that breaks yokes that that destroys bonds and bands of wickedness and the anointing is there. It's not by might or by power, but by, your, by the Spirit of the Lord. But you, you're going to have to do something. <laughs> and it's usually, if the anointing is there, you're going to have to take the step. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. When you put your foot in the water, the water parts. You're going to have to take that step of faith. The anointing's there. But it's still going to cost you. It's going to cost you. And that's, that's the way God moves. So we're, we're in a good place. It's a place of grace. And I, I wanted to share something that we have shared before. But it, it was just stirring in my spirit since yesterday and it has to do with the grace of God in our spirit you know the last verse in the New Testament says may the grace well let's look at it um, let's let's look at this just so we can make sure we're saying it right I'm doing a I'm doing a uh, uh, a Bible search here the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Revelation 22, 21, be with you all, amen, according to faith, according to what is spoken at the right hand. We must continue to move in grace. And it's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you, know that, you know that God had the church growing in grace. A common either beginning or a conclusion to the letters of Scripture would say 
grace, mercy, peace. Grace and peace. That was, that was the word. And it was so that we could continue to move forward and upward. Now, I know we've studied this from the Old Testament and the New Testament. We've taught on it a number, a number of times. Written two books on it. And there's another one coming. Uh, grace abounds where sin uh, is present. Grace much more abounds where sin abounds. We've got to be a people of grace. And, you know, the, the church looks at grace as the unmerited favor that God comes to us and, you know, we weren't expecting it. We didn't know how it was coming. And boom, there's grace and we're lifted up out of the miry clay. Praise be to God. And that's true. But what is really going on there? You are partnering with God. You are partnering with God, and he's lifting you into a higher place. You study about that in the Old Testament, the measure of grace and supplication. You see David particularly speaking where, where it's not interpreted as grace, but he, he, he expresses himself, he inquires of God when there are people all around him to kill him. You know, he's looking for a measure of direction and deliverance, and he appeals to the grace of God. Now, you might say, well, God's grace comes and bails him out. Well, to me, why was David in that position to begin with? It is through the grace of God, yes, but it is a partnership with God. So we've got to recognize the thing that the church has accepted as a defining of grace, where it's God coming in an unmerited way and lifting you up. None of us, none of us are... Uh, are, what's a good word for that? None of us have done anything to welcome the privilege of partnership with God. None of us have. So it is unmerited, but it's God's plan to partner with us. And when he leads us forth in grace and we're praying in conjunction with grace, it's all about us moving upward and forward. We come into the New Testament and we see grace everywhere. The early church grew in grace. We were commissioned to grow in grace. Great grace was upon the church. Uh, I look at particularly Galatians 6.18. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. I'm grateful for that. The Philemon 1.25 which basically just 25. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. God gave you a deposit of his spirit. He gave it to every person. It's life-giving. When you die or when you go to be with God through the rapture, or if by some of you are Enoch-like, you're caught away and you are no more, the Bible says that we give up the ghost, we give up the spirit, none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. The spirit of God is what gives people life. When we're born again through accepting the blood of Jesus, what is born again? Spirit. We are born again, spirit, and then in truth that we might Walk with God into those things that are his truth, those things that have been hidden but are not hidden anymore. That's the defining of truth in the New Testament, not hidden. And so the Spirit guides us into things that have been hidden so that they're not hidden anymore. Well, how is that different from what most of the church is? Well, I came out of a denomination who thought they had all the gospel, that there was no new thing that could come, that um, they're, they're, they had it all figured out. If anybody did anything new, woo, we're going to look at you hard and strike you down. One time there was a brother who came here and I was singing in the spirit, which the scripture says to do from the pulpit. He said I was chanting and wanted to drive his truck through our sign because he thought that we had abandoned 
the holy principles of the movement. The day you stop growing is the day you start dying. The day you stop pressing forward is the day you begin to decline. The day you, you have determined that you know everything is the day you display your idiocy. God's living word continues to breathe his, his good new truths, and that is what God wants from us. We, we move in grace. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ should be with our spirit that is born again. The Bible says that when we pray in tongues, our spirit prays. It's not some oil or some anointing that drips down out of the sky and lubricates that, that, uh, uh, that tongue of yours that hasn't spoken in tongues for years. And all of a sudden you just have a burst and you run around thinking that like Chicken Little, that something fresh has happened, and then a week later you just devolve back into your your measure of uh, inactivity. No, the Spirit of God within you is what prays in those tongues, according to the Scripture. And I dare any of you purists to, to deny that. We speak from our spirit, according to the Scripture. And so... We're praying in tongues, and we're praying in diversities of tongues, which is a grace gift in 1 Corinthians, written to one of the most Pentecostal churches in the ancient world. So when Paul talks about, under the anointing of the Spirit, diversities of tongues, he was not speaking about glossolalia. He was speaking about genoslalia. Those are two different things, and the grace gift really propels you forward. Unknown tongues, I believe, deal with what we're supposed to be doing in partnering with God to develop what God's created us to be. When we speak in a grace gift of diversities of tongues, we are speaking things where we are partnering with God. And I think that's very clear in, in function. So, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with our spirit is something that Paul recognized is necessary. Jesus is always leading us forward. Yes, he's with us in Arterio. He stands with us. I got to say that word by word because some people are thinking, what's an Arterio? In our, O-U-R-Terio, T-E-R-E-O, where God has planted you. That gap where God has called you to stand. God searches for people to do that. And we commit ourselves there. So when you're with the Lord in that place, He's wanting you to welcome the kingdom. He's wanting you as an intercessor to partner with grace. And therein we come to the spirit of grace and supplication. If we're welcoming the spirit of God in our spirit and we are pursuing what God is wanting to do in grace, we are really on a pathway of apostolic dominion and vitality. Now, in the Old Testament, we speak about the spirit of grace and supplications. And we, we recognize that Solomon's discussion with God at the, um, at the measure of beginning to develop the temple and in the dedication of the temple speaks about grace. It's very clear. Solomon asked for wisdom, but the almost the... the I won't say the entirety, but the main focus of God's discussion with Solomon was all about grace at that temple. And this was God saying, when you come here and you are offering prayer and supplication, you better be looking to not delve into the status quo or just go around dealing with issues um, solving problems, you better be pressing forward into the new. And that requires you spending time with God, seeking after Him, stepping out in faith. If you, if you allow yourselves to devolve into somebody who's simply existing, waiting on the blessing of the Lord, you're not going to be moving much in grace. In fact, you probably aren't moving much at all, except to swat mosquitoes. And 
God doesn't want us to live that way. God wants us to keep growing in grace, moving forward in grace. And the operative definition of grace throughout the, New, the Old Testament were people who took steps of obedience and saw something new come. God spoke to Hannah, whose name is Grace, and as she offered her prayers to God, God didn't just come down and say, oh, you little sweet thing, You're, you weren't expecting this. Here's a dollop of grace. No, she partnered with God. She committed herself before, Samuel, before Eli, and that baby boy was born, the miracle baby. Out of barrenness, grace brought forth a man who would become the preeminent prophet seer in Israel and would welcome the kingdom era through Saul and David. That was an amazing step of obedience and grace for Hannah. You think about it. What woman who was barren has a miraculous child, and as soon as that baby isn't weaning, is weaned, you send him off with a little coat to live at Shiloh. <laughs> who does that? You, you want to tell me that woman didn't, didn't have a cost to pay? God blessed her, but it was about the kingdom. And so you bring that to the New Testament and you find grace being spoken of everywhere. But you also find a recurrent theme that speaks about you offering supplication, deasis, which is the New Testament dimension of, of grace. And you then, in your continuing walk, deasis is regularly linked with prosuke, which is interpreted as prayer. Now, here's the way this works, and we're going somewhere beyond this. I'm not just giving a, 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 re, a restating of things that we all know. But this should be your, your life. Paul, the apostle in Philippians 4, 6, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. This is not the only time where Paul says that what you do primarily is prayer and supplication, diasis and prosuke and diasis. This should be our walk. And as we partner with God as agents of his grace, God is going to be sharing things with us, perspectives, Areas that we should be aligning with, insights that form the basis of our foundation uh, of function. And this is our normative act. This is what we should do all the time. It's not optional. This should be the way a saint, this should be the way that an apostolic ministry is continually fueled and inspired. And so, Paul says, then everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. This is Eucharistia, the good, perfect purpose, grace of God. We are partnering with God to achieve and accomplish that. And that's our basis. That's our basis. And that is, there's nothing weak about that. Through that, God leads us into deeper measures of understanding of his word. We partner with the angelic on behalf of the, the, the desires of the throne of God. We are mission-oriented people. And as you follow the Lord, he teaches you, he trains you, he grants you his perspective. And you grow in grace, not only through taking steps forward, but you being developed, you being instructed, you being put uh, into uh, direct uh, alignment with the pathway of God. You encounter perhaps challenges or things that you know you have to overcome. And by God's grace and by his, his 
continual revelation to you through prosuke, you, you overcome. And that is growing as well. And the things then that we pray from the perspective of partnering with God in grace are in alignment with exactly what God wants to do. And there's great power and confidence and authority that is brought about through that partnership walk in grace. And Paul does not stop there. He then says, let your requests, and this is Itema from Iteo, be made known unto God. How is this different from what was said before? Well, as we've studied about Iteo, we first of all know that Iteo is a word of praying, a proclamation, declaration that is in a, an authority structure. Prosuke is not in an authority structure. It serves the authority structure of God, but it is a basic dimension of commune with God, fellowship with Him, revelation, and establishing your pathway. Iteo is very similar to the Old Testament word Savah, which Shavah, which is uh, command ye me, Isaiah 45, concerning my sons, concerning the work of my hands. Uh, and that, that is also a, an authority-driven, authority-structure command. Now, the thing about the Old Testament is that you are a lieutenant gaining a directive from God, and then you speak on that behalf. Iteo speaks upward. Iteo, because of Jesus, allows us to communicate directly with the Father concerning things that are built upon the foundation of grace and supplication, but are really higher-level definitives. And what do I mean by that? Well, we've studied about Iteo, and God just keeps chiseling away at this in me. Um, for instance, you see in 1 John 3, 22, that when we're going to ask in Iteo, we're going to receive because, number one, we're keeping, we're fulfilling what God has commanded in our tarot, that because is a big word, and we're doing things that the eyes of God, the ways of God have required of us, and as we do them, we delight him. There's a condition to this. And both the terio instruction, the following the commandments, and aligning with the ways of the Spirit are functional from our base. From our base. Then you see Matthew 21, verses 21 and 22, where Jesus is talking about the fig tree that he just cursed. And then he goes on to speak about, um, he goes on to speak about the mountain being removed. And he says in verse 22 of Matthew 21, all things, whatever you iteo in prosuke, you'll receive. Now, I joked about this during our seminar, but this doesn't happen. This particular thing doesn't happen all the time. If it did, figs would be extinct. And we'd have no mountains because they'd all be cast into the sea. The water levels would rise and we'd be living in the interior of continents on a flat plain. So we recognize that moving mountains and fig trees are governmental things. You don't just say, oh man, I've got the authority. I'm just going to go out and start cursing some stuff and tossing mountains hither and thither. That's, that's, that's immature. And that's not what that's not what God wants. James in James 1 speaks about patience having its perfect work. Patience is the first sign of the apostolic. So we're talking about we're talking about doing a work which is being tried for a specific purpose from God. If any of us lack wisdom, which is the light that shines into the darkness, we we ask God. We 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 ask in faith. We iteo in faith, not wavering. This is going before God on behalf of a mission. 
It's not just, oh God, I don't know whether to go to, to Tom Thumb or Piggly Wiggly today. Give me wisdom. I don't know whether to park here at Nordstrom's or whether to park over where your angels might have prepared a parking spot for me over away on the other side by, uh, by, by uh, uh, Neiman's. Give me wisdom. Well, I don't know whether I should go to see a movie at AMC or over at UA today. Give me wisdom. See, we have, we have denigrated what wisdom really is. We often confused wisdom with counsel, and many times we've confused wisdom with uh, altering uh, f- fault lines in our common sense. And wisdom really is one of the seven spirits of God, and it is for us to press forward in obedience in his timing into places where darkness is held. So when James is talking about, when he's talking about wisdom, he's talking about patience, and he tosses an Iteo here, and he, he's warning not to be double-minded, not to be parsing up your faith through diacrino. You're, you're going to be like the waves of the sea. God tells you to do something. You know it's God, but you don't want to do it, so you start asking around. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Oh, I just don't feel right. Well, I got a check in my spirit. Well, nothing's been done like that before. That's not the way you were raised. That is a, that is diacrino stew. You shouldn't be eating it. So, Iteo is something further. It, 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 and it goes on that way. Uh, if, if John 15, if you abide in me, you're standing firmly where God has called you to be as a human. And I am speaking rhema to you, and you're obeying that. You will ask, I tell you, what you will, and it will be done. In John, the next chapter, John talks about a woman in travail having sorrow. Well, when the breakthrough of birthing comes, she rejoices, and she doesn't remember the anguish. And then he goes into the fact that he's going to the Father. You're not going to be asking him anything anymore. But you're going to be asking the Father, Iteo, and you're going to be partnering with him. And so this goes on and on. You remember what it is that you have entered into in this Iteo, and you let that form your measure of petition. It's the same word. It's just a derivative that collects the Iteo. Itema is those collected Iteos. And it's kind of like the the compass point for your ship. If you're on the ship, whether it's the Flying Buttress or or whatever it might be, hopefully not the Titanic or the Lusitania um, or the the Maine. Remember the Maine. Who could forget it? I love that from uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, I don't watch movies. Well, then just let's just bypass. But uh, Paul Newman was trying to get Robert Redford to, to abandon the, the pathway of, of robbery that they had followed. And they said, maybe we could join the army. We could fight against Spain. And, and why would we do that? And Paul Newman says, remember the Maine. And Redford gets this weird look. He said, well, who can forget it? <laughs> oh, man, I know that's not very funny, but it delights me. But, you know, we, we, we need to, if your ship is based upon functioning in grace, and you are continually hearing from God, and you are pro, pro, uh, you are prosukeing. That's what forms your your daily walk, your your insights, your perspective, and and how you ask of God. You're praying concerning things He wants to do with confidence. You're not taking a shot in the dark or trying to convince or persuade Him and argue it in court. This is what God has put before you, and you know you have the desires that He's put within your heart. But if that's the case on the ship, then the Iteo is the direction of that ship. And you, you know this is where God is causing you to set your sails and go. And you are directing toward that. The Itema is that you remember this is the charting of our course. You don't just, okay, where's due north? That's the way we're going. Hoist the sails, you landlubbers. And off you go. And then you forget five minutes. Oh, you know, the wind's blowing kind of contrary. I think there's an island over here. Maybe we should go there. you got to consult the petition. you got to recognize, what did God say? You stay on that course until he says, 
go someplace else, some other direction. You stay on that heading. And that's a simplistic definition, but Iteo is an authority word. It is a directive from God. And we, uh, we recognize that this is the way God, the way God moves. And it is a glorious, a glorious pathway. And we've done extended studies about Ateo. I haven't really written about it. I'm intending to. I believe that God is wanting us to put together a, an extended many-session teaching, maybe a book called The Prayers of the Saints or something of that nature. Of course, that could be real Catholic. You think uh, Uncle Joe's up there or uh, you drive by Catholic Church, you see more saints than ducks on White Rock Lake. And I'm not dismissing what those people may have done on earth, but I'm not talking about those saints. I'm talking about what we should be doing and offering our incense. We've got to lay out in really concise form the things God has shown us so that others coming along can get that kind of a flow, flow point. But we are going to expand upon this Iteo because it's where we are. And there's a lot more scriptures. We've, we've talked about these, but God just keeps, God keeps refining it. Um, you know, one of the ones that I love is Matthew 18, where he talks about binding on earth and loosing on earth and two agreeing as touching anything that they shall Iteo. It'll be done. It'll cause to become. And, and we studied at the seminar about how bind there is uh, a word that is deo, which means to be bound to something or to someone. And it, it is the root of deasis, which is supplication in the New Testament. <clears throat> so it brings us back to grace. And if you're out binding on earth, or if you, in Matthew 12, enter into a strong man's house and bind the strong man, it's not just that you've got an anointment and you've got power. No, through grace, through you being bound to the, to the Lord God, you being covenantly committed to the mission, you are, you are bound and determined. And you go to bind something from that root, in supplication of grace, and you are acting on behalf of what God says. And right in both of those, you well, well in, in Matthew 18, it says if you're agreeing with those that are also partnering in that Iteo, God's going to do it. I love, I love that. So if you see the flow of what God is bringing us to, you see that we are continuing to go deeper in grace and to establish that as a format of function and vitality. And well, we could we could really we could make that into a real acronym. Uh, we we are bringing together the 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 foundation of Iteo, and we function in it with fidelity and with force. There's probably other, other words that you could string out there. Denise, that's your assignment. Get us, get us a good phrase there. But we, we have to recognize that God highlighting this at this point means that he's ready to move. And Iteo is an authority word in an authority structure, and it is coming from the basis of grace and from that supplication and prayer environment that's there, which is why if you go back to the Old Testament, when God, God, over and over and over again with Solomon there at the temple, was telling him supplication and prayers, supplication and palau, it's a judgment word. It's you being a judge in the land. You're speaking based upon the formation of, of grace. And this is what he wanted from that temple. And David prayed that the tabernacle would establish a temple dwelling 
Solomon took that same template of his father and prayed that from that temple tabernacles would go forth. And that's directed by wisdom, of course, but grace. This is the operative command for the saints in these days. We're entering into now this year of prophecy where we're going to step into a new dimension of being prophetic, being prophets. We're going to see the fivefold giftings of God be uh, illuminated in new ways, and we're, we're going to see them function in ways that are beyond what we've known. And this is why God would say things like, be faithful in the small things, I'll make you ruler over the many where you, you, you take those talents and you use them and you invest them and I'll make you rulers over cities. It's not that we just have that authority to go out and, and to do those things. We, there is a prerequisite in God that is undeniable and that is based upon you being faithful in grace and then God brings higher and more defined applications of that. Now, I know some people would say, but yes, it's the, now you're talking works now. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't know. That is a default argument. It's a weak argument. The judge would throw it out. We would say, you know, you know, I object. And the judge would say, sustain. <laughs> because this grace is a partnership with God. It's work, yeah, but it's not human. It's God. You're partnering with God. So it is work, but it's not works. And God sees what you've done, and he then says, I can use you in new ways. There's a false teaching, and I heard it spill around. I've heard young people say it, that Christians are born with authority. No, they're not. They're born with the opportunity to move in God, to establish authority, but they're babies. You're, when you're born, you're a baby. And the flow pattern that is established in Scripture says that you move, and, and these, there are a few of these that are listed. You're, you're a servant, then you're a son, then you're an heir, and then you're a joint heir. When you're born when you're born again, you're not immediately a joint heir. You have that you have that divine the DNA, the, the divine nucleic acid, and you, you should be pressing toward that, but you go through that flow. We make things too easy on Christians. That's why there's so many babies that just want their bottles every two hours. Why, I got off into preaching and meddling there. But I declare over all of you that in this season of grace, as we, as we move forward in the wisdom of God and we move into this prophetic calling, that we're going to be the good and faithful servant that God is blessed by. I want to just say one other thing, and I don't want to confuse anyone who's not heard these teachings. But as we've studied about the flow pattern of the seven spirits from the Scripture, we recognize that the Bible speaks about the enemy wanting to turn judgment into wormwood. And that he, if you look at the flow pattern of the seven spirits, the enemy does not want someone partnering in grace with God and moving forward in wisdom. Those are the two dimensions of the, the rainbow, the covenant for the earth, and the, the two dimension is the eyes of God that the enemy wants to bypass. He wants to get things right now. And instead of being people being prophetic, he wants them to be embittered. He wants them to fail in grace, which the book of Hebrews tells us yields roots of bitterness and many are defiled. So we've come through these past couple of years warring on behalf of the covenant of grace. This year of innovation and wisdom has been a slugfest. The enemy has tried to stop us. He, he's used this COVID pandemic and fear and political unrest. And uh, he's, he's used a, a suspension of travel, trying to stop us from moving forward. But yet and still, we move forward in grace. 
And we next enter into the true prophetic. We're not moving into wormwood. We're not moving into bitterness. We are triumphing through grace and wisdom. And we're going to emerge now into this new year, this new spiritual year, in a way that is going to not only be dynamic, but is going to be well-pleasing to our Father. You were made for this. So let's be faithful in it. Well, we're out of time. I'm so grateful that we could spend these moments together. And I pray that the Spirit would come upon these words so that no confusion will enter in and the enemy will not be able to come in and steal them. Let us press forward and grow in grace and may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all of our spirit. Amen. So, tomorrow, being Thursday, look for a prayer primer in the evening. We're pressing in to the nighttime hours. And who knows, there may be a response on Friday morning. Who knows? We'll see. But the prayer primer will be tomorrow evening, so look for that. And we, we are so grateful to God for all that He's doing. We love you. We bless you. And we ask that God would give you a, a great day in Jesus' name. Goodbye.